0: Welcome to the podcast, Your Time, with James Sweetman. Hello, and welcome to this, the 100th episode of my podcast. I can't believe it, 100 episodes. How did that happen? It's now almost two years since I embarked on this podcast adventure. And as I've said before, it's been and continues to be a real labour of love. When I knew this milestone episode was coming up, I thought about how I would market. Part of me said, well, I'll just do another regular episode. But then I said, you know what, it's important that I acknowledge this achievement and to recognise the work, commitment, discipline and creativity that goes into producing an episode each week. So what's ahead for this milestone edition? Well, the tables are turned and Marion Byrne, who joined me as a guest last week, returns and takes over the microphone and asks me the questions that I ask each of my guests at the close of our conversations. So you'll get to learn a little bit more about me this week from my sources of inspiration, my favourite quotes, and the failures and setbacks that I've experienced that now at hindsight I can see were actually blessings in disguise. But all of that is coming up. Of course, I have to start this week with some thank yous. Top of the list is a big thank you to you, my listeners, for tuning in. I know many of you have subscribed so you don't miss an episode. The feedback I received, the kind comments, the five-star ratings, they all spur me on. It's great to know that my musings each week and the conversations with my guests resonate with so many people. I simply couldn't do this work week in, week out without your support and encouragement. So to you, my regular listeners and subscribers, a heartfelt thank you. And if this is your first time tuning in, you're very welcome. The benefit of reaching the 100 episode mark is that there there now are 99 episodes in the archive. So plenty for you to scroll through and to see what takes your interest from strategies for boosting self-confidence all the way back in episode four, getting out of your comfort zone in episode 26, a number of episodes about leadership and work-life balance, and of course, a whole range of episodes to help us navigate challenging times that I started around this time last year with the onset of the COVID-19 crisis and the first lockdown. Hard to believe that a year on those episodes are as relevant now as they were then. Of course, it was just about this time last year that I was joined by my first guest, Dr. Sinead Kane, to mark the 50th episode. Guinness World Record holder Sinead is perhaps most famous for being the first visually impaired athlete to run seven marathons on seven continents in seven days. Our chat about motivation, teamwork and resilience remains a personal favourite of mine. As much as as I enjoy the solo episodes, I particularly enjoy the conversations with guests because that's where I get to learn too. And over the last 12 months, I've been joined by 14 people who've been gracious and generous with their time and wisdom. I also want to say a special word of thanks to Philip Twyford, also known as the Curly Marketeer, who looks after all things things technical when it comes to the production of my weekly episodes. His expertise means that I can focus on producing good content. So before Marion joins me and starts asking me some questions, I want to share what has been a key takeaway for me, having produced over 40 years of content over the last 99 episodes, and in particular, having chatted with some fantastic guests. That overriding pain that comes to mind when I take this helicopter view of my podcast episodes is that we're all doing our best and we can all learn from each other. I've chatted with people who've achieved a lot, athletic feats, business success, educational qualifications, and some have even become well-known and are in the public eye. But they're all people doing their best and responding to life's challenges as best they can. All my guests have been open and honest when it comes to life's curveballs, whether that was bereavement and illness, redundancy, career change or business pivots. It's something I try to do myself, to have the courage to be open, honest, real and genuine, to communicate from the heart, not just the head. I've spoken about cancer gate crashing my own life, my father's illness and his passing last year, and even stepping way outside my own comfort zone when I had to ask for help and seek some assistance from a counsellor. I've come to know that we all have something valuable to contribute. We all bring something to this tapestry of life. I know it has certainly been the case with the people I've chatted with on the podcast over the last year, but it's true for all of us. We all have our stories and experiences, areas of expertise and wisdom that we can share. For you listening in today, I know for sure that other people will be inspired by your story, your courage, your resilience. Um, We all have something valuable to contribute and to say, and sometimes we just need to acknowledge that. This podcast, my website, the courses I run, the talks I give, they're my platform. But we all have our own platforms. For some, it's the dinner table, you know, for others, it's a Zoom call with some work colleagues. On that theme, a few weeks back, episode 93, I think it was, a personal hero of mine, even a role model of mine, the author and speaker Nick Williams joined me and spoke about mining for those nuggets of wisdom, harnessing lessons from the life we've lived. If you've not listened to that chat, it's certainly one I would recommend. So that has been a real key learning for me. We all have something to contribute. We all have our experiences and stories. We all share the same human experience. And as the late Ram Dass said, we're all just walking each other home. One last thing before I take a back seat: a quick word about how I managed to produce over 40 hours of content across 100 episodes and counting. This is in response to the most common podcast related question I'm asked. You know, that is how do you keep coming up with ideas, James? How do you keep coming up with content for episodes? Well, producing an episode each week is certainly a commitment, and it's a process too. Now, I have a few things going for me. Firstly, I talk for a living, whether it's delivering a keynote talk at a conference, leading a group workshop, or even working one-to-one with a coaching client. I've also been working in the field of personal development full-time for almost 20 years, I've put in way more than the 10,000 hours, as Malcolm Gladwell would say. I've written over 700 articles and five books, so there's a lot of content and back articles I can draw upon. I also read a lot, and I listen to plenty of podcasts too. When inspiration strikes, I'll capture my ideas. I usually plan episodes three to four weeks ahead, and of course, if I'm lining up a guest, we have to thrash out the themes in advance and then schedule to record the episode, which is usually done about a week in advance. Producing these weekly episodes is now an established part of my regular work routine. It's been incorporated into what I phrase as the rhythm of my business. If you're a member of the James Sweetman community, which of course you can access via my website, jamesweetman.com, you'll receive my monthly e-zine, Next Steps, I've produced that every month since 2005 and the Milestone 200 edition of it is approaching fast as well. So I'm used to producing content for that on a regular basis and I take a similar approach now with the podcast. Often, of course, and you probably figured this one out yourself, often on the weekly episodes I'm sharing themes and topics that are very relevant to me. It's stuff that I'm working on. As I sometimes say, I only really know what I know when I'm sharing it with others. But perhaps the key to producing what I hope people will be able as quality content is having a clear intention, being of service to you, the listener, sharing insightful, helpful content. You know, that's always at the forefront of my mind. I've spoken about having a clear intention for projects, initiatives, meetings, conversations across a number of episodes before. My intention for each podcast episode is to enjoy it and to share some insights and tips with you, the listeners, that you will hopefully find worthwhile. As with all aspects of my work, and maybe it's just who I am as a person, I want to put some positivity and inspiration out into the world. And let's face it, the world needs it. So it's time now for me to take a a back seat and to hand over to coach, facilitator and author, Marion Byrne. So I'm joined again by uh, Marian Byrne, my friend and uh, and a great coach. You might recall that Marian joined me on last week's episode where we spoke about a range of things from coaching to coping with change. And now I'm going to take a deep breath because I'm handing control over to Marian, who's going to ask me some questions, the questions that I normally ask uh, guests to the podcast uh, towards the end of our conversation. So, Marian, I'm taking a deep breath. Away you go.
1: Well, I'm having a big smile because it is great, great to be on this side of it. And I think after you asking 99 different people these questions, it's about time the tables were turned. So, James, tell me what what is your most cherished possession?
0: Gosh, that's, um, I have to say that's probably a fairly easy one, one for me because it's my diaries. I, I don't know if you know this married or not, but I started to write a diary on the 1st of January, 1986. Um, I was 15, so I'm giving my age away. And I've written a diary every day since it's the last thing I do at night. It's kept in my bedside locker. And, um, so I have 36 volumes of them, and they would be my most uh, cherished possession. But, but what's interesting is, apart from the fact my writing, I think sometimes is not the most leg- leg- legible, um, um, I, do rare, I, I don't really go back and reread them. Um, um, but it's, it's fascinating because it must have been even at 15, you know, the writer in me trying to come out. And, and I know certainly with the, with the first diaries that I kept, um, I used to write, say, first of January or whatever my little goals for the year in them. It might be get good results of the leave insert or whatever it was. Yes. And, um, um, you know, it's funny looking at that now where that sort of goal focus or whatever was still there long before I ever knew anything about coaching or motivation or whatever. But the, um, so the diaries would certainly be the most treasured possession. But on that, on that topic, I also have a whole, cupboard full of of journals so stuff that I have you know just like just sort of written a lot of them would be travel journals back when you know I used to back when we could go on holidays and do more traveling you know where almost like in addition to the actual diary I kept I needed more pages to be documenting trips and things and and uh, interestingly only there a few weeks ago I did dig out one from uh, twenty years ago, where I did a big trip that was around the world trip when I was on sabbatical, and it was um, it, it it was it was fascinating. Rereading that twenty years later, apart from the fact it just gave me itchy feet <laughs> to go <laughs> traveling again. <laughs> the uh, the other the other bit I would throw in if I if I can have a second most cherished possession because it's I wouldn't have to run far it if the house went on fire. I would try to run for the diaries for sure and um, because it would be on my hand which is my uh, wedding ring and um it's um, it's not a traditional re- wedding ring because of course I've been with Brian since 2008 and it was only like when was it legalized to get married 2015 Um so we don't have a traditional wedding w- ring we have the rings we bought each other when we made a commitment to each other back in 2008 so they were they were reused as uh, as um, as wedding rings back in two thousand and eighteen when we got married in New York. Um, so so th- they would be the two. So I've gone for two cherished possessions.
1: <laughs> and you know, James, there's um, a, 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 I was going to say a lovely balance. Not that I'm saying what it should be, but it's a right. powerful balance because you know t- the the writing as you described it. What amazing commitment and consistency yeah. over the years um and you know that kind of knowing and understanding yourself that you know an emotional intelligence intrapersonal piece being yes. able to write and reflect and then um your wedding ring being um the connection with another so one is about your relationship with yourself and the wedding ring represents your relationship with brian and another and what an amazing relationship it is so um Gosh, i wouldn't
0: have i wouldn't have um I wouldn't have seen it that way, yes. But you're right, sort of, yeah, one, one for me and one for connection. Yeah, yeah. So
1: I'm, I'm glad you, you took two. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so second question, are you ready for it? Ready. What inspires you? Oh, goodness. Um, it was interesting
0: a few weeks ago when I was chatting to Nick Williams on the podcast, the topic of inspiration came up. and I remember saying to him, I just love the feeling of being inspired. Um, um, and I think it's Nick's phrase that goes something like, you know, motivation is when when uh, when you get hold of an, of an idea, but inspiration is when an idea gets hold of you. Um, and I do wow. love that. Yeah, I do love that sense of, you know, there's something that will only come into the world through me or, you know, the energy to to create it. Um, but but I I know, because I know last week you had said something similar around, you know, people and people are inspiring and conversations with people are inspiring. That's certainly true for me. You know, I think of people who have overcome challenges and hardship or, you know, persevered in the face of adversity. You know, and sometimes you're reading about them in a book or it might be on, in a movie that you find inspiring. Um, but but for me, it's often the you know the the, the unsung heroes, you know the, the people who are genuinely quiet people, but they're you know they're people doing their their best and they're going doing good work, especially people who you know are you know they're being of service to others in a in a very quiet but very sincere way. I have to say, I find that hugely inspiring that that would be top of the list for for sure you know and then. I suppose there is other things like nature and art and good writing and you know even design and architecture. It's I think it's because I just like being an inspiration junkie. I'm 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 always looking for sources of inspiration.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, if we were talking inspiring breathing in, what inspires you and exhaling breathing out, not yeah. only. You are inspired, but you inspire as well. So it's a two-way oh, process. Gosh. It's not. It's not all about breathing in. Yeah. You, you spoke you. about the un- unsung heroes, and yeah. the right way. I think was it Mother Teresa, or there's a quote about you can shake in in a gentle way. You can shake the world. So mm-hmm. I love when you spoke about. Um, there's the people who would be very out there, but the unsung heroes and all the different ways. And so it's so powerful.
0: Yeah, I even think of that, Marion, say, with, you know, the home help who looked after my dad in his his final weeks. You know, absolute angels, I would have to describe them as. You know, people who have their own lives and their own families, and they showed up with such generosity of heart and caring and spirit. And, you know, they're not... They're not appearing on television, you know, they're not writing books or whatever. But my goodness, were they having such an impact on the people that were in their, their sphere of influence, as it were. And um, you know, that's you know, of that time last year with my dad, that's one of the one of the the big silver linings with it, I have to say. And and it's fascinating because the the two carers in particular, Marlene and Rhoda, um they, uh, they were at the funeral, even though it was a COVID restricted funeral, we ensured they were included in the numbers. But only there last week, they were back out in touch with my mom, you know, like six months later, they're still in touch with my mom, because that was the, you know, the impact of, of, of the time that they spent together. Mm-hmm. And that's inspiring.
1: Absolutely. And that idea of it's not what they do, it's obviously who they are, um, which is a little bit like the work that you do. Hmm. And you said that um, sometimes what inspires you could be what you're reading or a book. So what are you? What? Uh, are you? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm asking this. <laughs> and for those of you who are listening um, and listened last week, you know that James and I have known each other for 18 years. Mm-hmm. And I can genuinely say he's read more books <laughs> than anybody I know. Oh, I know long what, ago gave him uh, a to keep count or, or have a competition because I don't. But at the moment, uh, what are you currently no, reading or well, learning? Do you know,
0: do you know what that's, that struck for me in those diaries that I keep marrying? I'm not sure if this is, you know, showing me in a different light. But inside the page of each diary, I keep a note of the books I read that year. So I have a record of every book I've read going back to 1986. Now, I don't know whether that makes me anal or <laughs> self-absorbed or not. I don't know. But, um, um, yeah, I, I, uh, I keep a note of, of what I read. It's all there for my biographer. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> if you think, on the bedside table at the minute is the Barack Obama book, A Promised Land. I, wow. I started it back in at Christmas and um, I do love it but his the writing is a bit like his communication style which i think he's you know he's fantastic i admire him hugely but it's it's quite reflective and it's a little bit slow in places it's a little bit detailed i would call it a bit wordy as in w o r d y as opposed to you know it's not a worthy book w o r t h y but it's it's one that i found you know say say with Michelle Obama's book like i devoured that cover to cover that one the obama one i'm dipping in and out of um, uh, I've just finished reading um, uh, Rupert Everett's book. Um, what was oh. it called? Um, to the end of the to the end of the world. It's about the making of his movie, The Happy Prince, which is about the death of Oscar Wilde. Yes. And and I've read a few of Rupert Everett's autobiographies. There's a few parts of them. He's a great writer and he is hilarious. Like some of the stories you could not make up. It's like, oh my God, you know? So <laughs> that was that was just, that was a good, fun read. But um, I'm also, because there's normally two or three on the go, but I, I only downloaded this in the last day or so. And I didn't actually realise it was out so we all are aware of the secret, you know, the Rhonda Byrne phenomenon, yes, the marketing yes. phenomenon. Last November, she released the greatest secret. Oh. Um, and uh, so I actually came across it listening to the podcast. Cause I listen to a huge amount of podcasts as well. Uh, Fern, Fern Cotton's podcast, um, happy place. And she was interviewed on it and I'd never heard the woman speak before. And I just thought she was really good on it and very relatable and, very soulful with it so I downloaded a sample of the book and uh, and I said right I'll keep going with this so I downloaded the rest of it this week so it's a it's an easy read but it's um um it's still worthwhile yeah
1: so I rest my case and mm. I said about it there there are um as you say you have loads on the go it's not one at a time there there are a few and they're very very different and they and yeah. um, amazing and some good and um, good insights that you've given where people who are listening may say, actually, that's one that will resonate with me or not.
0: Yeah. And of course, you know, in the in the monthly newsletter that goes out to my community, uh, which is almost it's actually because, of course, this is the hundredth episode of the podcast. I think it's November of this year will be the 200th edition of the monthly newsletter. And um, that's going back to four, I think, when that started. But I, I do a little book review in that every um, every mo- every month as well. And it's normally it's one I've, I've read, but I tend to keep it into the, you know, the the business personal development type genre as opposed to the, the fiction or the, um, uh, like, say, the Rupert Everett book won't be reviewed on it. But the Barack Obama one was and The Greatest Secret, I think, is in April's one or will go into April's newsletter. So it all feeds into each other, Marion.
1: So I, I have learned that if you're invited for lunch or dinner with the Obamas, you'll probably spend more time talking to Michelle than listening to
0: uh, would, that be, would that be fair to say that would be completely accurate okay
1: and yeah. <laughs> um, then just the the, the question and um, what was something that you saw as a failure or a setback at the time but with hindsight you can now see as a blessing in disguise
0: yeah gosh I think you know there's certainly been setbacks but the one the one that comes to mind straight away, now we're going back a bit, we're going back to, it would have been, what, ninety five, ninety six. 96? Um, so, uh, what's that, 25 years ago. I was working in financial services at the time, and I was a team leader, I think, if memory serves me right. I could check the diaries, that would tell me. Okay. The, um, and I applied at work. They, they had a management program. They introduced a management program for... You know, career development, and you had to apply for it and interview for it, which I did. And I sort of felt, "Gosh, I'm I'm the right age profile. I've just finished sitting under exams, professional qualifications. You know, I'm on a bit of a career path already. I, I think this would be a logical next step. I should be a I should be a very, you know, um, um, how would I say, valid candidate for this. And and I didn't get it. And I remember, you know, being disappointed, but also a little bit annoyed. It's like. Well, why not? Thing, you know? <laughs> that, that, <laughs>
1: my name was written all over that I
0: you know the way sometimes you get the sense that it is, whether it's a job, you think that's just for me. Like this seemed to be the right thing at the right time for me. And I didn't get it. And and I was sort of going, and they gave they gave some places to those people and it's like,
1: hold on.
0: <laughs> no judgment. But anyway, the um it reminded me, you know, of how important education and learning is to me and and it prompted me then to apply to actually do an MBA, like to do a master's in business admin in DCU and the, the management program that they were running in this company was like a watered down version of that. So I sort of said, right, I'm going to do the real thing and I applied for it and I was accepted to it and... And it was a two year part-time programme, although part-time is a bit of a misnomer when it comes to an MBA. <laughs> but I you know, I met a great group of people. I'm in touch with with many of them still. Um it was a course then that opened my eyes to topics such as organization development and psychology and international marketing and business strategy um, stuff that is now so central to my work when I think about it. And, and even back then, you know, had to do, um, you know, you did a thesis in the second year and I did mine on, on motivation. And, and I often refer to that as, a, as one of those dots, you know, the way Steve Jobs in his Stanford address speaks about clues to your, purpose in life as it were but you can only see them when you look back and join the dots that was one of the dots for me it's like I chose motivation as um and and and, and, an, and an element of motivation as my thesis topic it's like where did that come from and wow what have you? and and it opened the doors then for career advancement and um uh you know other opportunities that came along for sure and you know and it also uh, you know, forge the connection that I have with DCU, my alma mater, that, you know, that I'm still in in regular contact with. So that that's something that at the time was certainly a disappointment, but my goodness, with hindsight, it was a blessing in disguise. And for me, if ever, you know, that phrase, Marion, you know, if God shuts a window, opens a door, or shuts a door, opens a window, something along those lines. Yeah. That, was, <laughs> that was certainly the the case, certainly the case with that one for sure.
1: And I think with that saying... And um, it's like you can spend so long looking at the, the door, you don't see the window, but in that yeah. situation, you pivot it, you know, yeah. with, and as you say, where did motivation come from and the direction it's brought you in. Yeah. And where you are now. So as they say, the rest is history.
0: Yeah, it is that piece then as well. Another quote, I think I think I've heard Oprah say it, you know, where, um, uh, you know, God has bigger dreams for you than you can dream for yourself. And that was sort of the case back then. Like I, I you know, I, I loved that university experience because I didn't have it. Like I started work straight after school. I didn't go to college straight after school. I did a degree at night time, and uh, uh, but 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 being back in that learning environment cemented for me how important learning is um, um, and continues to be.
1: And it's interesting, as we talk, we we both, you know, we reference, um, as you say, quote from people or say, yeah. um, and there's been some really good ones that you've mentioned there, even that I'm picking up on. But if you were to pick one that was a kind of a quote or a motto that guides and inspires you or one that you would leave people with, what would it be?
0: Oh, goodness. There are so many, Marianne. I have a Word document with thousands of quotes in it okay um, james
1: i now have you and you i was going to say i have a gun to your head that's probably not a great thing to say but you have to make a decision yeah, okay. what, what, what comes up with I, it when you're about it.
0: okay okay yeah right um because i know i i share at least one quote on social media every week and that's been something i've been doing frequently particularly in the last year even more so um one actually there's three okay and they all mean something different to me the one I shared this only recently and it probably had the most interaction um of, of all quotes that I've had in a good while um and it's, I, I tend to only share the ones that are pertinent to me at the moment and this is one I'm sure people are well familiar with it it's from the Leonard Cohen song anthem um leave aside your perfect offering there's a crack in everything that's how the light gets in And for me, as a recovering perfectionist, you know, that's sort of my motto. And uh, it reminds me of the, the, the Japanese art of kintsugi, which is... You've probably seen the images, Marion, where, where broken pottery is mended with seams of gold, yes. and 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 you know those cracks, you know, in ourselves or the areas that we deem as weaknesses or areas of vulnerability or the areas we're not comfortable with or you know where we disappoint ourselves or we beat ourselves up or all of that, you know. What I've come to learn in recent times is that they're also the seams of gold. You know, it's where the light gets in, it's where the alignment is, where the awareness is. Um, where the humanity is, um, and uh, that's that. those few words of Leonard Cohn mean a huge amount to me right at the minute, I would have to say. And um, just
1: to say, the image that you mentioned that you shared yeah. with that quote is a beautiful image. Yeah,
0: yeah. it's um, it, it sort of two things, you know communicating the same thing but in different beautiful ways um, another quote and probably the one that I say the most now I say a lot of quotes but probably the one I say the most is a Mother Teresa one you know if everyone swept their own doorstep the whole world would be clean yes now Mother Teresa has many quotes but that's probably my favorite one if everyone swept their own doorstep the whole world would be clean and for me that's all about personal responsibility and um, there's so many layers to it um, it's like, where do I have influence? Where do I have control? But, but for me, it's like, if, if I see, how would I say it? Like, if, if, if someone else's behavior annoys me, like, say, if I'm annoyed by someone else's lack of respect, or other people's judge, judgmental outlook, you know, let me look within and sweep my own doorstep and ask myself, right, where am I judgmental? Or where am I not showing respect? Or, you know, if I want to see more peace and compassion in the world, how can I bring more peace and compassion into my world? Um, that's that's within sweeping the doorstep analogy, as um, uh, as Mother Teresa would say it. Yes, um, I know. I know. Last week when I shared or when I asked you some of these questions, Mary, and you you closed with a quote by your by your son Niall, an original one uh, that inspired me to go original with this as well. And it's gone back to my to my late dad. Um, you know, he died in September of last year. And um, he, he wouldn't have been a man for, he, he read a lot, but he wouldn't have been a man for, you know, quotes or, um, you know, whatever. But he was, he, he, he had a huge amount of wisdom himself and he probably didn't even recognize it, you know, and maybe we didn't recognize it even at the time either. But he had a, he had a three little word phrase, um, which is get in there. And get in there. And he'd say it to us kids or to the grandkids who had had some success, whether that was a spelling test at school, whether that was, you know, getting good results in an exam or passing a driving test, you know, whatever it was, you know, and he always said it with joy and pride and a little fist, fist pump. (laughs) <laughs> you know, get in there um, and and now it reminds me you know to give things a go and to do your best you know to apply yourself um, but also to to celebrate successes and and what's interesting is um uh, my sister and my brother you know they they um' they're, they're, well, my brother in particular is very artistic, and my sister does it as well where they they get little stones off the beach and they they paint them um and um, there's one that's on his grave um, um, that's, uh, you know, that's painted up and it has those three words on it, you know, it's on the grave, get in there. So I, I sort of look at it and think, my goodness, do people think we're talking about the grave? you know <laughs> no. But it's, um, it's nice to see it because it's something that he said and he always said it to us as a little word of encouragement or acknowledgement or, or the fact that he's proud of us, I think. Um, so I'm going to leave the, those last words to him, which I think is a nice way to to close it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it shows there are there's inspiration out there from very famous people or people very yeah. prominent, but the best inspiration could come very close to home. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure, oh, Marion. Thank you. I I enjoyed that. I have to say. Um, <laughs>
1: I wish we had more time, or I would have. I would have said to you. So, what what are you going to get in there at next, James? <laughs> you said, so you're telling us we're all crackpots. Like, oh
0: gosh, yeah. No, we, well, actually, on I, I, that one, get in there. I, I'm not sure was I saying it to you, but the um, and of course all the books I'm reading, I, I will be weaning myself off a few books um in the in the coming weeks and months because i'm getting back into to writing another book myself and i know that when i'm writing i can't be reading to the same extent because i'd be overly influenced by what i'm reading yes. so i'm going to have to have withdrawal symptoms from from <laughs> the books um but i'd be getting into getting get in there um, with uh, with more writing as well, which is something that both excites me because it's inspiration, but it's also something that um, that scares me a bit because it's resistance. But I mean that's the that's the creative journey. Yeah.
1: James, can I just say, um, I suppose on a personal level, thank you for all the years of friendship and for a thank you for all the people that you've worked with, whether it was one on one in the groups that you've worked with through soar, and thank you for nearly two hundred episodes or 200 e- e-zines 200 e yeah but today and very particular. particularly thank you for the 100 episodes and for all that you've done
0: oh gosh thank you mary i really appreciate that um your your star and and i really enjoyed this as well so i'll, I'll hold you for for the 200th edition we'll uh we'll be back for round two
1: <laughs> i'll have me zimmer frame ready <laughs>
0: <laughs> thanks Marion. take care My thanks to Marion for joining me again this week to mark this milestone episode. I have to say that was fun, and that was my overriding intention for this celebratory episode. I want to close this week by saying I'd love to hear from you. If there's a topic you would like me to explore in a future episode, let me know. Or if you would even just like to ask me a question, just as Marion did, I'll do my best to answer it. You can email me, james at JamesSweetman.com. If you're a regular listener, do let me know what you enjoy most about the podcast. I love reading those emails and comments they spur me on. I said earlier that I plan episodes a few weeks out. So here's a few that are in the pipeline. Um, I'm going to have a great chat next week um, with an expert in the field all about the new world of work and work design, a very relevant topic. I've also lined up an episode about creativity, something that I think we can all connect with more purposefully. And I'm also planning one on online learning. Again, another very relevant topic at the minute. Of course, if you've enjoyed this episode or previous episodes, and if you have the time, I'd really appreciate a positive review or a star rating as this all helps to spread the word. I know many people often share links to episodes on social media, and I really appreciate that as well. So thank you again for tuning in, for making this podcast the success that it is. And until next week, an episode 101.